Welcome to Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. I'm a lifelong horse person and professional equine nutritionist with the goal of helping horses and their humans create balanced diets to set them up for success, no matter what age, discipline, or circumstance. Disclaimer, the information discussed here is based on current scientific research and is for educational purposes only. Every horse's individual needs vary. This is not a substitute for veterinary medicine or nutrition consultation. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, an equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert, and this week I want to talk a little bit about colic and the reason why it's top of mind. I recently attended a seminar given by a wonderful veterinarian, Dr. John Piggott of uh, Cornell Ruffian Equine Specialists, and I thought, you know what, this would be a really good topic to talk about on the podcast because as horse owners, horse caretakers, horse enthusiasts, this is always something that we worry about, especially all over the country. Some places have had colder temperatures, have set record cold temperatures, uh, temperature swings from 20 degrees on up to 60 degrees, changes in barometric pressure with storms, and all of these things can actually uh, be triggers for horses colic. Now, I'm not going to get into the veterinary medicine side because, again, I'm not a veterinarian, but a lot of people ask, you know, is there anything I can do to prevent colic? The answer is no, but there are things you can do to lower the risk. I mean, horses by nature uh, are at risk for colic just because of the way they're designed. And there's, uh, if, if you know the anatomy of an equine digestive tract, the joke is that it was sort of designed by committee. Uh, the stomach is very small, about two to four gallons. It, uh, in an adult 1,100-pound horse, you're talking 70-ish feet of small intestine. And that uh, feeds into the cecum that lies on the right side of the horse. And again, these things kind of uh, turn back on themselves too, especially when you get into the large colon. It's it's crazy. <laughs> in fact, um, a lot of times we worry about impaction colic. And one of the reasons are just to sort of describe the anatomy to you. From uh, the small intestine, it feeds into the cecum. That's the horse's fermentation vat. It feeds into the rest of the large colon. And the right lower colon goes from sort of the back of the horse towards the front where it turns the sternal flexure, comes back towards the horse's rear end, narrows and turns again. That's at the pelvic flexure. And that's a common spot for impaction because it narrows and turns, sort of a bottleneck there. Uh, And then we go to the upper left Uh, colon, where again, it goes back towards the the front of the horse, towards the chest, turns again, and comes back (laughs) towards the rear end where you uh, get towards the towards the transverse colon and the rectum where the whole horse uh, stores fecal balls, reabsorbs water, and then ultimately expels waste. So if you didn't follow that, (laughs) um, there are some good diagrams out there. So with all the twists and turns out there, and there's a lot of other risk factors for colic as well, but uh, we want to take as best care of that digestive system as we can. 
So from a feeding and nutrition perspective, again, there's nothing that can be done that's 100% guarantee that you're going to prevent colic. And anybody who tells you otherwise is not telling you the truth. But some feeding tips that or management tips that you can keep in mind to help reduce the risk. Well, that's a different story. So number one, and this is so important, is to have your veterinarian check your horse's teeth at least once per year. Even if your horse is young, especially if your horse is older and everywhere in between. Because as horses chew, their teeth do naturally wear. But in our domestic horses, many times they wear unevenly or create points and hooks. Now, what do the teeth have to do with colic? If a horse cannot properly chew their food, they may be more likely to, again, not break it down enough and cause some other problems. You don't want to run the risk of choke either. That's another topic. But proper dentition is really, really important. If your horse doesn't have a lot of teeth or they have really poor dentition, that's a big risk factor for colic. But we can account for that nutritionally. We can soak their feed and give them soaked hay cubes instead of long stem hay. So there are solutions out there. Uh, in fact, a, a good friend of mine once had an older horse who really couldn't chew hay anymore. And he ended up colicking and going to the clinic twice in about three weeks. And she asked me if I would help her and she said, uh, you know, by the way, he doesn't have any teeth. And once we got him on a completely soaked diet, so uh, his concentrate was soaked, he went from long stem hay to hay cubes that were heavily soaked, he did not have a problem the rest of his life. So again, that's not to say it's 100% preventative, but his risk was significantly reduced by making some of those feed changes. What else? You probably know I'm going to say this. It's not going to be a surprise water. Make sure your horse has plenty of clean, fresh water available at all times. Even as I record this, there are uh, some pretty healthy flurries falling outside my window. If it's icy, if it's cold, if it's going below freezing, you got to break those up. Yes, you can give your horse warm water. And in fact, some studies have shown that horses prefer water around room temperature. That's going to be a little bit of a challenge if it's 10 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Um, but checking those buckets frequently using uh, appropriate UL listed or approved bucket heaters can be an option as well. Um, other types of bucket heaters, just be careful because you want to make sure that they are uh, appropriate for your needs. Even if your horse lives outside, you want to make sure waterers and troughs don't get frozen so solid that your horse can't get it. And they can't, don't rely on your horse eating snow either because it's not sufficient. It's, uh, research has shown that eating snow does not provide sufficient water. So something to keep in mind. Horse Ownership 101, right? Make dietary changes slowly. And I recommend a minimum of two weeks. Now, some people will do it a little faster, seven to 10 days. I like two weeks. It does take the digestive system all of that time to adjust to a different feedstuff. And when I say that, I really mean the microbes in the hindgut. We've talked about that a little bit on this podcast before. But if you're doing a hard switch, the microbiome in the horse's gut is very adapted to the diet that the horse eats on a daily basis. And if you throw something different in there, 
the microbes that are present may not be the right ones to work on that feedstuff, and that can cause some digestive upset. Now, that's a vast oversimplification, but essentially that is what happens. So you can absolutely change your horse's feed, but I like to recommend what I call the 25% rule. So if you're going to make a change, for the first three to five days, do 25% of the new feed or hay, and then for the next three to five days, you can do 50-50, Now you're up to maybe about 7 to 10 days. For the five days after that, you're going to do 75% new, 25% old. Now you're up to just about two weeks, and then you can do 100% of the new feed. So many times we think of this as switching a grain concentrate, but it matters when you switch your hay as well. So if you're buying new hay once a month, every three months, every week, whatever the case may be, make sure you mix whatever new hay you bring in with whatever hay you already have, even if it's only for a few days, because yes, that swap in hay can be a risk factor for digestive upset, including colic. And this even applies if you're traveling for a horse show. Bring a couple of your own bales of hay if you can. Um, And if you can't, one suggestion is to get your horse used to feeding some soaked hay cubes and bring those along as a partial forage substitute or full forage, uh, full forage, so that they at least have some of that consistency and you're not doing a hard swap. So, hey, don't forget about the hay. What else? How about regular turnout and exercise? This seems to be sort of a no-brainer, but it really does make a difference. Stall confinement is a known risk factor for colic, and if you sometimes it's unavoidable if you have a horse that is recovering from an injury or has to have stall rest for some reason. Usually they are allowed some hand walking, which can be helpful, and any bit of movement is a good thing because some of that movement can help stimulate the digestive tract to keep moving, and generally that's what we want to have happen. We want that digestive tract to keep moving. So if you can increase your horse's turnout by an hour or two, again, in boarding situations, sometimes that can be a challenge, but sometimes barn managers will work with you as well. And if you can't, if there's a day where the weather is inclement, so as I record this today, my own horse is in a stall, safe and cozy from the snow. He's got plenty of hay and water. Uh, But he's not going to get outside. He's probably not going to go out. Would he be fine if he were out? Yes. Would he? He's a little bit spoiled, so he probably wouldn't be too happy about it. Uh, But tomorrow, when the weather clears, he'll go out and he'll walk. But normally, if I had access to an indoor, I'd throw my saddle on and take him out for a walk uh, and just walk around the indoor for a little bit. But I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have access to an indoor this year. But anything you can do uh, to get them moving. So hopefully in that short term inclement weather, you know, you just uh, encourage your horses to drink uh, by soaking their feed. Even if you don't normally soak their feed, you can add some warm water to their meals. You can uh, spray the hay with water. I know when it's cold, you risk it getting frozen. Uh, But anything you can do to encourage water intake. Okay, so another one, what if you live in an area that has sandy soil? 
Where I live, it is very sandy. And this is something you want to keep in the back of your mind. And uh, in the lecture that Dr. Piggott gave the other day, uh, he talked about this. And horses inevitably are kind of nibbling at the ground, even if they have good pasture cover or if they're fed hay on a mat or in a hay feeder, sometimes they just get that sand in their gut. And if they get a lot, it can cause colic. So this is something you're going to need to ask your vet about. Ask your vet for some diagnostic help if that's a concern or if your horse has uh, experienced a sand colic in the past. From a diet standpoint, many people like to feed psyllium products to help move this sand out. Now, the research on this is 50-50. There are some studies that say, yes, it works. There are some studies that say, no, it doesn't. But in general, psyllium, it's a natural plant fiber, and it does help to add bulk to the stool, to bring in water to the digestive tract, and to help move stuff through the digestive system. There are products for people. There are products for horses. So, It is absolutely a viable option. It is not harmful to feed psyllium when you feed it as directed and you feed it appropriately. But it isn't a guarantee that it's going to clear all of the sand out of your horse's gut. So you can talk to your vet about if they think that's appropriate and talk to the nutritionist to see how much might be appropriate for your horse. One other little test you can do is when your horse passes manure, go ahead, grab yourself a glove, (laughs) Uh, Grab yourself two gloves, one for your hand, and the other you're going to fill with some water. And you can do this with a Ziploc bag or something like that, too. And you put two or three fecal balls in that bag with all the water, and you just kind of let it sit for a while. Leave it undisturbed. And if you see a lot of sand precipitating out at the bottom, you can feel it, right? It's gritty. And you can probably see it. It's just, you know, sort of separation of the particles. That's an indication that your horse may have sand in the gut, in which case, give your vet a call, say, hey, uh, I need you to come out and check my horse. This is what I found. So just a little easy thing you can do if you want to see if that is something you need to be concerned about. And then the last thing I'll talk about is talking to your veterinarian about proper deworming protocols. The deworming every other month thing isn't the way that uh, we do it anymore. So high parasite loads can cause blockages in the intestines. So work with your veterinarian on an appropriate deworming program for your horse. You can do the fecal test kit. The kits are so easy and they're so inexpensive. You can get them from a number of online sources in your local tax shop. You just take a little, you take a fresh manure sample, you stuff it in the little cup and you mail it in and they look at it in the lab and they can Uh, tell you if your horse is a high, medium, or low shedder of eggs, and potentially what those eggs are. And then you can target your deworming program with your vet based on what is found. And there are some parasites that don't show up on a fecal test. So again, you have to deworm uh, appropriately for that. But again, your veterinarian can be a good source of that. So another question (laughs) to ask your vet. Your vet can help you with that. I'll help you with all the nutritional stuff. So I hope that your horses stay happy and healthy throughout this uh, winter season, winter here in North America. If you're listening in the Southern Hemisphere, then I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. But again, make sure your horse has plenty of water. I hope you enjoy riding. I hope 
you get to ride whether no matter what the weather conditions and stay safe thank you so much for listening don't forget if you have topic suggestions or things you'd like to hear about send me an email at equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com. I love to hear your topic ideas and what you're interested in learning about because I love to talk about that stuff. So thank you so much and happy riding. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. Please share and subscribe if you found the content interesting. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send it to equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com.